There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We spent two days and nights trying to locate the plane. We hoped to find, unfortunately, the bodies and what was left on the cargo. We couldn't find them. Fernando Blanco Sesena has spent months coordinating a major cocaine flight from Colombia to Baja California. He had arranged for a clandestine runway to be built in the desert. And then it rained. The pilots couldn't find the washed-out runway. They lost communication with Blenkio and were forced to crash land on the dunes. After two days of looking for the crash site, some fishermen arrived at a gas station in the area, asking for Blenkio's cousin. They knew where the plane was. They quickly mobilized to find the plane. The goods were practically intact. Very few package torn. There were six people on board, two of them in one piece. Blinkio set about getting the wounded to the hospital and the coke to its buyer, Ernesto Baez Mora. We sent for them and we stabilized the injured. They were very hurt. I had my plane registered as an air ambulance, so I flew them to Ensenada. He wanted to fly the wounded to Amado Carillo's secret clinic in New Mexico City, but Baez Mora insisted they treat them locally. While Mora was overseeing the shipment of the cocaine across the border, Blinkio says that he hired some people to take dynamite out to the crash site and blow up the plane. Then he got word from Mora. The licenciado said, the last kit has crossed the border, meaning the last kilo had arrived to the state. Here Blinkio says that they all celebrated by partying for two days. He refers to what would be international sex trafficking in the following terms. We went on a bash. He brought us the girls from Vegas. And the rumba began. Today's parting non-stop. You can imagine those beauties. As I noted earlier, the use of such violent sexist language is common in Blinkhill's tales and throughout what often gets called la narcocultura. Blinkhill continues. We were staying at the Holiday Inn and we moved uh, with the girls to the Colonial Hotel precisely to avoid attracting unnecessary attention at the Holiday Inn. 
The next day, we decided not to sleep at the Holiday Inn because we felt like we were being followed. Having just recovered five tons of cocaine from a plane that had flown from Colombia and crashed in the desert, leaving four people critically wounded in a local hospital, and then moving that coke across the border into the United States, it makes sense that Blenkio and his cohort would feel a bit apprehensive. Feel, for example, as if they were being followed. We walked around the hotel and saw some strange stuff. I had even seen some federales in a marquis the last day when I left the hotel. And indeed, there was something they didn't know yet. Those guys didn't blow up the plane. Someone found the plane and tipped off the authorities. Federal police had been tracking Blanquio and his team for days. So, to paraphrase Kurt Cobain, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean the feds aren't following you. On edge, Blanquio and Baez Mora's half-brother decide to pick up their things from the Holiday Inn and leave town. The cops were waiting for them. A herd of federales ambushed us there at the hotel. They took us to the back. They locked us up in our rooms. They knew who we were. They knew practically everything. Then the calentada began. In his interviews with Detective, Blenkio exhibits an unusual relationship to acts of violence. He often orients his life story around violence he suffered, multiple kidnappings and torture sessions, but he does not describe those events in detail. He also shies away from discussing other acts of violence, whether obscure or famous, that are related to his story. Only at one point in his interviews did he seem to hint that he had to commit an extreme act of violence to defend himself. He often describes very close friendships with people like Amado Carillo Fuentes and Arturo Beltran Leiva, who were involved in countless kidnappings and murders. He talks about flying their families, but does not mention anything about the violence they carried out. Beltran Leiva himself was killed by Mexican Marines in 2009. Commandos repelled from helicopters to storm Leiva's luxury apartment in Cuernavaca. Those same commandos also placed bloody peso and dollar bills on his lifeless torso and led the press photographers through the apartment to take the picture. This, for me, was a key moment in the so-called drug war. The state openly speaking the language of narco-terrorism. Some say that El Chapo Guzman ordered the Marines to produce that image, which would only add one more turn of the screw. Throughout his story, Blinkio will often say the name of a good friend and colleague someone like Miguel Bazan or Juvenal Gomez, and then quickly say they killed him, without ever saying who they were, what happened, or why. Violence seems to always hover on the edge of his story, having just passed through or lingering just out of view. Reading Blinkio's transcripts, I was struck by the casual way he would mention that so many of his friends had been murdered. Was he so inured to the violence of his trade? Was he avoiding details so as not to draw attention to himself and have to face questions about his involvement in such acts of violence? Is it possible to imagine that a man involved for nearly 30 years in international drug trafficking would not have participated in kidnappings, torture, and murder? In January 2021, colleagues at Detective reached out to me about a curious individual they'd been interviewing using a clandestine cell phone from inside a prison in North Carolina. The man claimed to have worked as a pilot, entrepreneur, 
and air logistics coordinator in the international drug trade for some 30 years. My friends at Detective produced a podcast in Spanish and wanted to know if I'd be interested in working on a sister podcast in English, looking into this man and his story. Sure, I said, but I'd need to do my own investigation and see what I can find. Detective invited the legendary Mexican actor Joaquin Cosillo to read the English translations of Transportista's quoted interviews with Menio Larios. My name, I guess, is John Gibbler, and this, in a sense, is Transportista. Episode 6, Las Calentadas. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of My Cultura Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The police rushed Blinkyo and his colleague as they approached the Holiday Inn. They took them into a back entrance and up to Blinkyo's room, where they began to torture them. They put us both in there, in my room. And that's when it all went down. We could listen to the complete fiasco through the radios. There we are, getting the beating of our lives. Blinkio says that he and his colleague tried to deny who they were and what they had done. But it was obvious that the police knew everything. They took them both to a federal police station and continued to beat them. After a while... 
It became clear that the $2 million Blinkio's employer had paid to the police had been stolen by a subordinate. The truth came out. The subcomandante had stolen the bribe money. The police commander thus realized that the people he had been torturing were not responsible for the mishap and offered to write their supposed confessions in such a way that a judge would be forced to throw them out. Lenkio, to thank the man who had tortured him, offered to give him a collector's watch. Man, I say, thank you very much, Comandante. Over there I have a gold GMT master, too. I'm going to give it to you. No, 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 he said. I don't need anything. I have plenty of watches. Keep your stuff. You're going to need it, he said. Blinkio's story here, assuming it's true, illustrates a common feature of the drug war. The federal police don't arrest drug traffickers when they traffic drugs. But rather, they kidnap and torture drug traffickers who haven't paid them. Once the police found out who owned the cocaine shipment and that they had made the proper payment, they lost all interest in Blanquio and his colleague. One can only imagine, however, what happened to the subcomandante. So Blanquio, in jail, then faced an unusual problem. From the beginning, I said I was a total nobody. But I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, which obviously wasn't the case. He said he was a nobody, and his confession was inadmissible. It seemed he'd be released quickly. But then his various employers got worried, and they all sent their best lawyers to help him out. But with all those lawyers there, waiting and speaking with the prosecutor, speaking with the judge, the judge said, no, no, no. I'm not letting you go at the preliminary hearing, man. I'll pass and leave the problem to a district judge or some other judge uh, who gets your case. Blinkio goes into detail, naming the famous narco lawyers who went to defend him. But in the end, he would be in prison for 18 months and then released. In his interviews, he recalls those 18 months in jail in the rather offensive terms we already heard in episode four. The way Blinkio talks about women was the first thing that struck me when I listened to his story. But we won't repeat that here. Once out of jail, Blanquio says that he moved around quite a bit. I first traveled to Tijuana and Mexicali to get myself together. So to say, I divide my time between Mexico City, Ensenada, Mexicali, Tijuana, and go to work. I did a few jobs. I was coordinating with uh, some Colombian friends. And got back to work. And we kept going, doing pretty well, driving. With some lucky strikes, magnificent negotiations, everything was smooth sailing. During this time, Blinkio says that he was kidnapped and forced to fly for the nephew of a well-known trafficker. After his plane broke down on one of those flights, he fled to Los Angeles. There, he worked for a time selling planes to drug traffickers. Then, Amado Carrillo once again sought him out and asked for a favor. He wanted to know if Blinkio could fly a Learjet 35 for a friend. Blinkio went to Chihuahua to meet this friend, and there he also met a man he asked Detective not to name. I'll call him Steve. Steve was in prison for many years. He was released some 10 years ago in a technicality that the Mexican federal attorney general immediately appealed. He is known to be given to extreme acts of violence, and he is currently at large. Back in the mid-90s, Blinkio decided to work with both Amado Carrillo's friend and with Steve. He 
went to Van Nuys, California to take some Learjet flight courses. While he was off studying, however, Amado Carrillo's friend was murdered. So it would just be Blenkio and Steve. In the beginning, my business was using my planes in exchange for a percentage for the transportation. That's how it began. I did a couple of vueltas. It is around this time that Blinkio says he became close friends with Arturo Beltran Leiva and started working with him as well. Blenkio charged Steve around $200,000 per flight. Steve decided this was too expensive. Instead of taking his business elsewhere, however, he decided to buy Blenkio's business from him and then hire him as a pilot. Why don't I buy the planes and have you on a payroll? It wasn't a suggestion, but rather an order. So he bought the planes. Steve started paying Blinkio $65,000 a flight. Blinkio says he quickly became tired of this arrangement. He started flying more with Arturo Beltran Leiva, who, he says, for a time would only fly on turboprop planes with Blinkio as a pilot. In this context, Blinkio tells a long and convoluted tale of multiple airplane acquisitions and sales gone wrong that led Steve to accuse Blinkio of trying to rip him off. So even though I hadn't done anything, they called me to Toluca. There, in El Cambalache, a restaurant, we had a couple of drinks and some delicious steaks, and we left for Mexico City to an apartment that belonged to a federal police commandante. I wasn't guilty of anything, like I said. Blinkio insists that he did not try to rip Steve off, but that he was the victim of other people's ill will and nefarious dealings. He also makes it clear that he did not like his arrangement with Steve and was looking for a way out. Still, while he was chewing on his fine steak, he didn't foresee what lay ahead. Without expecting it, the fiesta began. Of course, fiesta here does not refer to the kind of party he probably wished for. She started complaining and abusing me in a way I don't even want to describe, man. La calentada. And that kind of things, they tie me up. La calentada literally means the heating up. But in more sober terms, it means torture. Coincidentally, perhaps, after having been tortured by a federal police commander in his own hotel room, here, it was Blenkio's business partner torturing him in a federal police commander's luxury apartment. And once again, we see that violence is not exercised in a battle between the infringement and the enforcement of the rule of law, but rather as the preferred manner of conflict resolution in an industry that depends on official invisibility. Having been captured and tortured by Steve, the possibility of jail was the least of Blenkio's worries. Next time. Transportista is a Detective production with Exile Content Studio in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. Directed and narrated by John Kibler. Transportista's voice by Joaquin Cosillo. Editing and sound design by Fernando de la Rosa and Pedro G. Garcia. Reporting by John Kibler and Menio Larios. Produced by Julio González. Voice recording by Hugo Merino and René Garcia. Transportistas interviews translated by Carla Ruiz Argais. Production supervision by Nando Vila and Álvaro Céspedes. Associate producers Alonso Aguilar and Alejandro Durán. 
Diego Enrique Zorro is the creator and executive producer along with Daniel Eilenberg and Isaac Lee. Executive producers for iHeartMedia are Connell Byrne and Giselle Bunces. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.